broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia. Welcome to Women in Business, where we celebrate influential women making a difference in our community. Now, here's your host. Hello, this is Lori Kennedy, and I'm your host today for Women in Business, powered by Business Radio X. Stone Payton, our producer, is also in the studio with us today, and we are grateful to have you tuned in. Uh, Today, we have three amazing women. We have Ellen Tyler with Ellen Tyler Coaching. We have Karen McDonald with uh, Innovation Impressions. And uh, we have Natalia Hunter with um, Hunter Public Adjusting. I'm going to start with Ellen. Ellen, tell us a little about what you do and how long you've been in business and who you serve, please. Thanks, Lori. So my name's Ellen Tyler. I'm a business coach. I'm here in Woodstock, Georgia. And the easiest way that I can explain this, which I just heard the other day, which I thought was funny, any human who has a problem, (laughs) (laughs) I can help. Um, And that's really broad, but I come from business. I came from a very strong corporate business background. And so I knew the change that I had when I worked with a coach. And I thought if I could just do that, because there was such an impact for Me personally, our family, we adopted three additional children at that point in time because of that flexibility. And I thought, what a great way to do that for other people. So I tend to like to work with small business owners, career changers who want to do the work for their family and their clients and community. But I help them, I help them just do business better. I love that. I love that. I feel like I, Whenever something in our life is uh, an amazing, makes an amazing difference that we want to, it's like our instinct to then provide that to others, like be that same source of light for others. And I love that. Um, There were some questions that you had, and I just want to ask one of them to start with. Tell us some goals that you, uh, that you give to people when you, when you start working with them. Sure. Thanks, Lori. Um, When I think about goals, most people think about New Year's resolutions, which they really don't work. And one of the things that we help everyone understand is that we really don't even know what a goal should entail, and it should be something we've never done. So if it's, let's let's use business, it's really easy, or selling. Somebody might say, well, I want to earn $50,000 more this year. Well, the goal has to be... First of all, why? If you don't know why and what does that, what is that money going to do for you? Because just to have a goal of money won't cause you to get up and get out of bed in the morning. It's what does it do? Is it going to change your family? Are you going to take them to Disney World? Are you going to um, donate to charity? It's, It's the why. And then just make it specific so you know what you're aiming at. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Natalia, tell us about you and what you do and how long you've been doing it and how it functions in the community. Thanks, Lori. Um, My name is Natalia Hunter, and um, my husband and I own Hunter Public Insurance Adjusting. So we basically represent policyholders, 
homeowners, business owners against their own insurance and a claim. Um, when I say against, basically we're working with the policyholders and represent them. So kind of like an attorney, but without being an attorney, and we are kind of the next step and trying to protect the policyholders before they have to go to attorneys. And we've been in business, in the insurance business, really since 2008. We owned the restoration company. So we saw that side of spectrum and how homeowners basically get shorthanded on their payout and nobody could help them. So they would be forced to go to attorney. And of course, attorneys do represent them, but they do get small portion. So that doesn't help the homeowner when you have to give away all your money that you're paying your premiums for. So that's how we ended up kind of switching um, almost five years ago now into public insurance adjusting, which is something that's not very popular in Georgia, not popular. People don't know about it. If you go to Florida, everybody tells you, hey, call public insurance adjusting. That's your first step. So um, that's that's what we do. That's interesting. I had never, yes, I'd never heard of that until you told me about it. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. Because you guys also have a lot of background in home building and construction and selling of real estate, you know, real estate in general. And so that I would think that's definitely a need uh, to have to make that beneficial for people for sure. Yes. And a lot of people tell us, oh my God, we wish we knew you existed before, you know, I had the flood four years ago, or we had people say, well, I had a flood last year and I was, you know, I didn't have enough money to put my business back together. And we actually say, you know, as long as it's been less than a year, we can reopen the claim and go back and help those people. Oh, okay. I didn't know that either. That's good. Yeah. So we've had that come in, you know, where people had a gas station that was destroyed by a tornado and we were able to get them enough money to function on a monthly basis. You know, they still had income coming in because that was in their insurance policy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what we're here for. And we love helping people. That's, that's the reason why we exist. Well, I can't help but notice that you have an accent. Tell us about what, how you got here to Georgia. On the airplane? I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I've been in the United States for 26 years. Um, originally came from Russia. And I came as exchange student, graduated high school there, came here, took an extra year of high school as an experience, and then um, ended up going to college, just kind of enjoyed, you know, my adult life kind of started here. I don't know the adult life in Russia, so I ended up staying. I went back to Russia, you know, visit family, but I stayed here and went to college and then eventually met my husband and... Um, got married. So 26 year, years later, I'm still here. That is awesome. Well, we're glad you're here. I'm Thank glad you. that I get to do life with you. Karen, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks. Good. Can you tell us a little about your company and what you guys do? Uh, yes, I'm Karen McDonald with Innovative Impressions. I'm a home stager and artist. I stage vacant and occupied homes. Uh, right now, I'm actually doing holiday staging I offer redesign services, and I sell my paintings. That is 
so many things. That's awesome. But they're all creative. I, not like not my gift. Creative. I'm like spreadsheet, please. Let me do a checklist. I think that's awesome. I can't do those things. How long have you been doing it? I uh, became certified um, in 2016 with the Cherokee Board of Realtors. Oh, wow. That's great. So how do you set yourself apart as far as marketing yourself and your business? This is um, this is one of the questions you sent in. Um, yes. So a few things. Uh, my background, I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree with a concentration in graphic design. Uh, being an artist gives me a unique perspective. Uh, two, I use my paintings in my vacant homes. Um, this makes it very personal and sets me apart from others. And number three, persistence, whether it is a painting, staging, or networking, I challenge myself to always be the best. It plays a role in all phases of my work. Well, so you said something about certification. Tell me what degrees or qualifications qualify you for this job. Um, I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree from the University of South Carolina, and I became certified through the Cherokee Board of Realtors in 2016 as a home stager. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Ellen, I'm going to come back to you because I have a question. In reference to goals, um, you talk about things like uh, habits or tell us a little about how habits help you succeed in your goals. Well, so I'll, throw, I'll, I'll help you understand. I'm going to ask you a question because this will help everybody understand habits. I know. Um, well, and actually it's just going to be one to think about. So when you wake up in the morning, and I, I always say this to anyone, if you have a spouse or you're living with someone or just you, what's your morning habit? And it's I go to a, the bathroom. And then what? Every morning. I know. <laughs> and then it's like, and then what? Like you yeah. can... You know, you can just look at that. I tell people, I get up, you go to the bathroom, brush your teeth. I take my animals downstairs. I feed them. All happens the same way. Those are habits. And so when we're not paying attention to the importance of habits in our day-to-day life, it also shows up if I get in my car and I normally go to the gym, but I think I'm going to the doctor and I go the same way to the gym. So if you think about it in that terms of how you're daily life and working, if you let it just happen without paying attention, it's very hard to get to a different place. So if I have a goal and I want to get to a different place and I'm using my same habits, I'm not going to get there. So we just have to change them. Yes, that is awesome. That is awesome. Is there a book that you specifically recommend for somebody who's starting along this journey? Like I've read Atomic Habits and I thought it was amazing. He's really good because what he does in that book, um, it's James Clary who wrote mm-hmm. Atomic Habits, and he actually helps people understand it's small steps. Yeah. And the challenge for anyone in trying to create a habit is they go all in, New Year's resolution habits, 21 days later, they give up. And it's just, it's the repetition. And I think, and I'm, I'm actually going to repeat one of the stories in this book because it's really good to understand. It was a gentleman who wanted to go to the gym and start working out. <laughs> the first habit he had him do was get in the car, drive to the gym, sit in the car, drive home. So think of it that way. That's how you can yeah. instill a habit. I remember uh, when I read it, it was habit stacking, which is yes. basically what you're yes. saying. You start with something you're already doing yep. and then you just add something small to it 
and then you kind of correlate those, I guess, together right. long-term. Right. So the book is helpful, but one of the things I would, I would tell anyone sitting here or anyone listening is that pick the ha- one habit that you want to work on because the other challenges is that we go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to the gym, stop eating donuts, stop drinking my favorite drink, eating French fries and all. And we try to do everything. Pick the one that's the most impactful. You get up every day, attempt to keep the habit, start the next day, start the next. The illusion is in 21 days, I should be able to do this. But the research actually shows it's between 21 and 277 days for a person to make a habit. So, but once they know that, then they can understand, oh, I'm just going to try again tomorrow. I'm just going to try again tomorrow. And it it is just building that skill. I was that you were, you're funny because you were right ahead of the next question. Like I was like, how long does it, have, it take to make a habit? And you were, you already answered it. Thank you for reading my mind today. All right. Natalia. Tell me what motivates or inspires you. Oh boy. It probably depends on the day. Um, I guess. And it might be, um, not the answer you expect, but I guess financial freedom. Um, and then there's reasons why we do it, but most of the time we get up and do things is to make money and to have things and, you know, to be able to take care of our family and, um, you know, maybe help around with community. So um, I'd say that's what makes me get up and that's what, Makes me move in the mornings. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Karen, I'm going to ask you that same question. What motivates or inspires you? I love the creative process because I'm an artist and I love to help people and serve. Knowing that I've made a positive impact in the way someone feels about their space or about one of my paintings is very rewarding. Awesome. I am going to go back and ask you a couple of questions from your sheet. I want to know, um, I want you to share some difficulties that you've had to overcome in your business. Okay. Um, so after renting furniture for my staging jobs, I decided to invest in my own inventory. This decision enabled me to cut cost and remain competitive By making this investment, I've had more opportunities to stage. That's great. Well, what about a testimonial or a success story? Like, how does that fit into that? Um, Actually, I do have a testimonial from uh, my friend and realtor, Chris Contreras. We were recently featured in Around Woodstock in the October issue. And here's what he had to say. Having Karen as part of our listing team on every property has been an amazing investment for my clients and business that has more than paid off, Chris said. On every listing Karen has consulted, we have gone over the asking price. She's my secret weapon. That's awesome. I feel like, um, yeah, when you, I mean, we see it all over TV these days, you know, when the, on all those real estate channels where they go in and they decorate the house with a professional, not, you know grandma's old rose mm-hmm. wallpaper and uh and it makes you know it increases the value of those homes so i love that you participate in that thank you ellen what motivates or inspires you my family ah. you know when i 
And actually one of the things that it goes a little bit broader is like we all have a purpose. And so the purpose is really, like Natalia said, you know, financial freedom is a huge motivator, but it's because of the things that we get to do. And I always know that it's, um, I do it for my family. Um, we're changing the lives of five kids and it's, it's just allowing them to experience life differently. That's awesome. Tell me what, uh, what can you help with and why should I consider investing in a coach? So the easy answer is anybody who has a problem, but we don't raise our hands. Usually, well, here's what I would say. A person should hire a coach to hire, to help them solve a problem that they have, that they're, that they're aware that they have. Because I work with business owners, there's usually a frustration or a plateau of the businesses staying at a certain point and they just can't move past. And a great way to understand why a coach helps is if you ever played sports, played a musical instrument, or learned how to drive a car. Somebody taught you. We get as far as we can go with our capabilities. And there's nothing, you know, people are, think that that's a bad thing to say. And I go, I got pretty far, but I don't know how to get to the next stage. And that's what the coach will help with. And so in reference to that specifically, the expectation shouldn't be that you know more about their business, but just that you know more about how to push uh, people to achieve the next level within their their own selves. Is that a correct statement? Or um, how would you say that? Yeah, and that's it's a good statement because it actually differentiates Think about all the coaches out there. I mean, like there's been an explosion of people who help in different areas. And I think that's actually great. But it's what does the coaching help you get to? And the process shouldn't just be specific, those words, specific. I know which like, one you're going for. <laughs> right. So let's just say, does it have to be somebody who has just automotive experience? No. Because that makes it sound too specific, like it's only going to work for auto repair shops or realtors or lawyers or fill in the blank. It should have a process that you can apply to anything. Business is usually the first thing. Gotcha. How, Natalia, how do you use your influence in the community? Well, um, that's a good question. I don't know if I use my influence. I try to be helpful um, as far as, you know, guiding people in a certain way, like if they need somebody, you know, they need the help of their car. I know, hey, call Lori, you know, they'll they'll take care <laughs> <Dang>. of you, <laughs> you know, or just um, I feel like I've known uh, – I've met tons of people, tons of business owners, and that's been very helpful. Also, try to volunteer as much as I can. You know, I'm on a couple of different boards where I realized that the only way you can make changes is to be part of it and, you know, make some suggestions for changes. And that's pretty much how I do it. And, of course, you know, donating time, money, food, whatever right. it takes. Yeah. I, I will actually add to that because I don't, yeah. she didn't mention this. So Natalia took care of her health about a year ago. Yes. And I think sometimes that question can have the perception like I have to do something where Natalia just showed up healthier 
which yeah. caused people to ask her questions. So it might not be, you know, related to work yeah. or something else, but um, you inspired a lot of people. Yes, actually, I didn't even think about it, but I guess I was. Yes, I've decided to take control of me for once and, you know, lost 40 pounds and changed my lifestyle. And I did have... I think I helped about 25 people wow, on yeah. top of it because everybody was reaching out. What do you do? What do you do? What's the secret? Well, it's not a secret. It just, you know, you just have to get disciplined and want, you have to want it bad enough. But yeah, for sure. For sure. Yep. Karen, how do you use your influence in the community? Um, I actually am a sponsor of the Lights of Joy in Kennesaw. Um, I look for opportunities to support nonprofits, and I'm continuously seeking out events that make a difference in the community. That's awesome. Ellen, how about you? How do you use your influence in the community? So uh, for me, it's it's what do I care about and and who do I want to help? And, and I think one of it, well, think about this. Like we got invited to come here today to share what we do with the community. And um, my mentor, Bob Proctor, was really great at this. I will tell you exactly what I do. I, any business owner, anyone I get to spend time with will share, this is how you do it, because it's not a secret. And so if they can just change something little by something I said, that's the best thing ever. And then no, I love animals, so um, it's it's why I can't go into the humane shelter anymore because I will bring home more. But it's just, <laughs> I've it's been just, banned. Yes, well, <laughs> it's kind of like you can't bring any more animals in. But you know, it's just really how can we help in the community? And we've always been a big supporter of doing business in the community. Well, you mentioned mentors, so let's go into that question. Tell us about. Uh, if, if you have men, mentees mm-hmm. uh, and if you are being mentored and how that looks for you. Sure. Um, and I actually love that question because a question I'll get asked, if somebody is intrigued about investigating hiring a coach, they want to know what should we ask. And I said the first question you should ask a coach, well, there's two. One is who do they work with? Like who is their mentor or what coach do they hire? Because if I gave the impression that I'm done, like for sure, yeah, it it doesn't work. So we should always be working. So yes, I, I actually have two now that I work with. And then the benefit is, is that it filters down through. So if people hire me, it works for them. And, but anyone I sit with it, they have the ability to learn from that knowledge that I gained from my coaches. Yeah. I felt like this was a funny question for you because like, well, I mentor for a living. Hello. You know, so. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Well, but there's, there's free mentoring because it it does happen. People aren't always, they're not always in the place, but can I give them something that can propel them? I actually, I will tell anybody this. There's three things. If a person did, they never have to hire a coach. Do you want to know what they are? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Have a goal card with your goal written down, goal card. Have a vision board with no more than four to five pictures on it and have a written descriptive statement of your goal. That's it. Hold on. I'm writing this down. (laughs) I just need one more. I need a goal card. (laughs) Well, I have them. You all can hunt me down for them. But, but, But here's the intriguing thing. 
with all of my clients last December, this is, I told them the same thing. 90% didn't do it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and she, she even made me to send text to a picture of <laughs> picking one goal from my vision board. She's like, just pick one. I'm like, I picked two. Like, <laughs> Of course you did. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you didn't pick 10. <laughs> she I, when we came in, I introduced Natalia to Lori, who owns uh, Innovation Spot. And uh, I said, I don't even know all the businesses she owns because she's like, uh, she's got an addiction and it has to do with owning businesses. <laughs> we narrowed it down. There's only two now. <laughs> so tell us about mentoring and uh, how you are mentored and, and how you mentor others. Well, and if you don't have an answer, I do. Oh, okay. Kind of like Ellen had an answer for you on something else. Okay, I guess I don't consider myself a mentor. I try to learn from every person that I meet. Like, I feel like every time I talk to somebody, I learn something new. You know, it's uh, so to me, I, these are my mentors as people I meet. I try to read books, you know, sometimes listen, listen to the motiv- motivational speeches. Um, as far as me mentoring anybody else, um, I guess just when I did my weight loss journey and lifestyle change, I did that. And, um, we try, we try to help people that call us that have small claims that it would not, um, be financially responsible for us to get involved to help them. Mm -hmm. So we try to give them a few pointers and say, Hey, we can't get involved because it would hurt you more than, you know, we'd be able to help you. But here's what you should do. You know, your options is this, this, and this. And good luck. You know, like, let us know if that works and if there's anything else we can do. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I do feel like, I feel like you and I are very similar in the sense that I want to, whenever I sit down with somebody, I want to learn from them and I also want to give something to them. And so I feel like all of my, or many of my relationships are both mentor and mentee, depending on, you know, wherever they're going to know more about one thing and I'm going to know more about something else. And so when you and I sat down, for example, together, I was trying to structure some things for our future, Mm -hmm. you know, to prepare, uh, I'm not a spring chicken. So trying to kind of prepare for what our next steps are and how to structure the businesses and that sort of thing. And you were very forthcoming and helpful. You're like, okay, I've already done some of this. So let me share it with you. And I feel like those are my favorite relationships with people are when I sit down with somebody, I learn what their needs are. And if I know something about that, I share that. And then I listen and then I, you know, I've get the same from them. And it's kind of like iron sharpens iron, but I just help each other. Yeah. I just love that. And so I feel like all my relationships are mentor mentee to that effect. But Karen, tell us about your mentor and mentee relationships. Um, I actually don't have a mentor. Um, And I'm not, I'm kind of like Natalia. I'm not sure if I'm mentoring, Um, but I do um, go to networking groups and try to learn more about um, the folks there and, yeah, I feel like every time I see you, you're like taking pictures and encouraging people and getting the word out about them and tagging them. Like there are ways that you are showing uh, that you're bringing people along with you on a journey. 
Good. For sure. Thank you. But you do help. Um, like you came in and helped some of my clients. You know, she, she came in and did a free consultation on one of the listings I've had before in my real estate business and um, give them some pointers. So that's part of you being mentor. That's true. I do offer uh, first-time realtors a complimentary consult, um, usually for an occupied home. But uh, it's up to two hours, and it's a $250 value. Look at that. Post that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and tell us who's in your household or who's in your family. Who's in your family? Um, actually, my kids are 18 and 22, and they are out of the house. Um, my dog, Abe, and I are the household. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Tell you who's in your household or who's in your family. Because I, like, I have adult <laughs> children that are in my family but not in my yeah. house. I was going to say, it's just me, my husband, and our dog right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're a blended family, so we have three kids, um, 31, will be 26, and 19. So the last one is in college. She's got another year, so hopefully by December next year she'll be graduating and... So, and your and your bank account will be one step closer to financial freedom. Yeah, I <laughs> know. I told her play the lottery. Maybe you will. <laughs> maybe we'll retire. We'll all retire. <laughs> oh my goodness! What about you, Miss Ellen? Well, a week ago we finally got the last child out who had come <laughs> back during the pandemic. So, it honestly, and we've been married 40 plus years and it's the first time there was only, there's probably only been one year where we didn't have somebody living with us. Yeah. So we're kind of going, we don't know what this is like, but there's five kids. There are two grandsons and then we have the fur babies at home. Oh, I, I have one that keeps coming back, but did you see that movie was, I think it might've been failure to launch, yes. but where he was like feeding the fish naked. Yes. Yes. Okay. My husband was like, Oh, once everybody moves out, we're going to have a naked house. I'm like, <laughs> we're too old to have a naked house. That would be scary. Well, all right. We're going <laughs> to, everybody's got like a little bit of blush on right now. Um, Natalia, tell me about a mistake that you made in business and what you learned from it. Oh boy, I, I feel like probably make them, if not daily, but weekly. I feel like there's like, whether it's you said something or, you know, I think the biggest thing I've learned is to stop talking and start listening more. Oh, that's good. Um, you know, because when I feel like when you first get in business, especially being self-employed, you try to sell yourself so hard and you just talk, 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 and then you realize you talked yourself out of business because you either come through too strong or you said too much or something happens. So that's one of the things I still work on or try to work on and um, listen to people. Gotcha. I like what you said about that you fail daily, not because I like that you fail daily, but there's a, a somebody that I work with at my other job and uh, his name is Ryan Leak, but he has a book called, uh, chasing failure. And, and we all know this, like you're never going to succeed without making an attempt and you're probably going to fail before you get it right. So I just, uh, I have tried to, I, I have a fear of failure and I've tried to embrace that that is, uh, not going to help me gain my best life. I have to change a paradigm on that Mm. too, because I had that same, you know, have a strong personality, control issues, and like I need to be in charge. I need to be the one making decisions and not fail. But then I kind of start looking at it as, well, 
the only way I fail is if I don't learn from it, if, if I quit, if I quit trying. So that helped me change my paradigm and kind of start doing things differently. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Karen, tell us about a mistake you made and uh, how, what you learned from it. Yeah, um, I actually underestimated my time on a project in the beginning, but I still honored the price. Um, it was a good lesson uh, to learn early in my business. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Ellen? I would say early on, not charging enough mm, and yeah. letting individuals come into the group coaching who were not a good fit and disrupted it more than anything. So just personality wise and they weren't really ready. So tell it, I haven't heard about group coaching before from you. So Mm -hmm. tell, tell me a little about this and like what kind of personality would mess up your group? Well, so first I'll tell you that the ideal person is somebody who's hungry and disciplined who really wants to move the needle. The ones that don't fit are the ones that blame everything outside and aren't willing to look at, like Natalia said, paradigms. Like, so see, we're the problem, but we're the solution. So if I can't accept I'm the problem, then I'm not going to believe that there's a solution that I can come with up with versus somebody outside has to give me the answer to my problem. I love that, and I it was too much to write down, so I'm going to go listen <laughs> to it later. So how did you start to discern who could be in the group and who couldn't? How did you discern who has this attitude? Because I need this to hire employees. Yep. Well, a lot of it, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you it's intuition, but sometimes it's like think about the questions you would want answers to. And sometimes it's their past that would be a good clue. So for me, it's that, have you ever hired a coach or bought a program? Because most everybody would say, oh, I brought, I bought this program to do this and this, and it sat in the drawer or on the computer. The key is if they've done something in the past similar to what you're looking for, my question is, did you do the work? Okay. Or why didn't it work? Yeah, I think why didn't it work would help yeah. you know if they're blaming themselves or blaming right. someone else. And I, right. that's a you big key. Real, you get really good at just, when you come into a conversation, there's actually a way you can prepare even in interviews. And it's to ask yourself, what do I want the outcome to be? Mm-hmm. Usually it's that, let's use an interview as a process. Well, it's that I want, I want to determine if this is somebody I want to go to the next step with, not like hire them on the spot. And then, then it's us. What do we have to think? I have a great place of work. We have a great camaraderie, camaraderie. I can't talk today. Um, you know, but just I'm creating this spot. And so you have to think about that. Okay. So if I think that, then how do I have to feel? Not like, oh my gosh, you know, if they're the last person on earth, I'm going to hire them anyways because nobody's walking through the door. That is not going to help you. It's more (laughs) that, you know what, I'll know when they come in. It's I'm just going to listen to my gut. And then you ask yourself, what are the action steps I need to do? Which in any situation, it's usually ask really good questions and then shut your mouth. So what is different about you in reference to being a coach? So for all of us, 
It's what is my personal background that I brought into this that makes a difference. And I discovered, I didn't know this, I was an entrepreneur hiding in the corporate world. So I opened businesses, opened businesses, opened businesses. Sounds like Natalia. Yes. (laughs) But I hid under the corporate umbrella. She did it without it. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to wait and step out. I fixed that now. (laughs) It's all fixed. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Um, And it's that background. So I didn't come out of that and go, well, let me be a relationship coach. Which it's what do I care about and what can I help them with and – I had the experience because I did the work and I did the process. And coming from my background, I'm highly structured. I former life financial advisor, all designated, and that's what makes me different is that I have a process. I didn't just wake up and go, I think I had a life-changing event. Let me see if I can help people. How are you feeling today? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm feeling pretty good. I got out of bed this morning and I went to the bathroom. I tell people I might be your friend. He goes, she goes, but you don't hire me to be your friend. Yeah. Yeah. You got your habits formed, that would Lori. Be, I know. I know. I was, we all know Lori goes good. to the bathroom when she wakes up. That was good recall, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, not back like that. Good. You're learning good. Fast <laughs> learner. All right. Um, the next question is about a message that is for women specifically. Karen, I'm going to start with you. Great. I actually have an inspirational saying that I brought today. Clothes won't change the world. The women who wear them will. Anne Klein. I love it. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Natalia, do you have a message for women specifically? Well, um, I guess it's just just do it. Be like Nike. I mean, if there's something you want to <laughs> do it. Do it and don't be afraid. I mean, the worst thing will happen is it doesn't work out how you wanted it to be, maybe, but it's something's going to change and yeah. it's going to be a learning process. So, whether you want to start a business or switch career, there's plenty of places and people, you know, like Ellen, that can help you and guide you and tell you what to do if you lost. Yeah. So, I just say, don't be afraid of. Trying new things. Ellen, do you have a message for women specifically? I would say if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? And start dreaming again. What are some misconceptions about your industry? That we're consultants and we'll come in and tell you exactly what to do. And that we don't have to do any work on (laughs) the other hand, on the other side of that. (laughs) Right. What are some misconceptions about your industry, Natalia? I guess the biggest one is people think that um, when, you know, there's a loss and because there's a word insurance and and our description that we work for the insurance company, just like when they send their own adjusters and tell you how much they're going to pay you on the loss. Um, we don't see no conflict there, right? Um People think we work for the insurance company and we don't, you know, we represent policyholders and then um, I guess another thing is that people think, oh, it's expensive. I already don't have enough money. Well, our average increase from initial offer when we come in is about 600%. It's wow. not a, Yes, it's not. A, so it more than covers our fee to the point to where the numbers are 
staggering. I just did one of the videos. I don't know if you happen to see it. The client called us. They had a flood. The offer they received from the com- insurance company was 122000 So they didn't hire us until two months later. And within a month and a half, we're so far, so far, we are up to 522000 Wow. And it's wow. not, we're not finished yet. So it is huge difference. Um, now, obviously, not in every house, but 600% is big. Right. And that's definitely the difference there is enough to have paid oh, yeah. you your fee. Yeah, more sure. than that. Plus, do not to mention, because my husband is a general contractor, and like you mentioned, you know, we have the knowledge of the construction. We used to build homes um, and real estate knowledge, so the values. We are able to get them the money that's going to get them put them back to pre-loss condition in today's market. Not what they paid for it when they bought it, because that's what they're entitled to, to be indemnified. And that's why we exist. Wow. That's very eye-opening. I appreciate that. Karen, tell us about a misconception in your industry. Sure. Um, Staging a vacant home is essential, but staging an occupied home is equally essential. I think people only think about staging a vacant property. This is a misconception because occupied homes need to be staged. Occupied home means the homeowners are living in the house while it's for sale. During an occupied consult, I have the advantage of looking at the property with my staging eye and not from the homeowner's perspective that live there. So um, when you do that for a homeowner that actually lives there, do they have to move their furniture out? Like, do you have to, do they have to like get a storage unit and get their furniture out of that? Or how does that typically work? Like what, what do you do different for them that you would do for an unoccupied home? Yeah. So if it's occupied, I go in and do a consult and I work with what they have. We um, start outside, uh, we go room by room and, uh, you know, talk about, making conversation areas with the furniture they have, uh, getting rid of personal items in the home. Um, we're trying to create a neutral environment. Yeah, kind of simplifying it. Right. Got it. Okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, we're going to start winding it down, ladies. So, Ellen, I'm going to start with you. I want you to tell me a tip of your trade, and then I want you to let us know how others can get in touch with your business. Mm-hmm. So a tip of the trade is that... Well, gosh, there's so many. Let's do one. Um, Pick one thing and do it. Okay. Pick one thing. You don't have to do a hundred. Pick one idea, one idea from a book, one idea from a person, and just do it. And they can reach me. I have a website, ellentylercoaching.com. The email is pretty simple. There's contact me on there. They can get in touch. Awesome. Natalia, how about you? I guess um, the biggest... Or step one would be um, for the policyholders is read your policy. Know what you bought and see if you have a coverage. And, you know, some of the policies could be up to 100 pages long. It's not just a declaration page. You know, it's the whole policy. So you have to read your policy. Um, as far as getting in touch with us, um, our website is gohpack.com. Um it can be reached at our office number is seven seven zero two one three seven zero two zero, and we're here to help. I'm going to ask you one more question though, because um, I probably haven't read all my policies. I'm just being <laughs> honest. Um, 
Am I looking for something specific? Well, you'd be surprised. Some of the policies, for example, you buy insurance to protect you from a flood, right? If flood happens, you want to be protected. Well, sometimes insurance policies exclude that, or they may exclude something else that you want to have, you know, like a sewage backup, for example. Most policies don't give you that automatically. You have to get that as an endorsement. So oh, that's a big hmm. one. Do you have like a little piece of your company that just helps people read their policies? Um, that would be actually, that's our next business. <laughs> oh, we're back to that again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we're just, uh, we're restructuring as of new year. We'll have a new business. It's Lori will be, be your new client. <laughs> yes. yes. I want to sign up for that to get my policies looked at. Yes. Cause definitely. I don't know what I'm looking for. No. Even if I read it, I don't know what I would want, but I did remember hearing something about if the water comes in from above versus below, it's different. Like this is a yeah. storm, that's a flood. And even though they might be the same thing, <laughs> yes, that one might they not be are, covered. They are, but they aren't. Right. They're not, so if they're you have a flood in your basement that came in from outside, you do not have a coverage unless you have flood insurance. Yeah, I don't know if I do. people don't know that. <laughs> Let me write this down, too. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this one for sure. Yeah, so, but yes, you know, we do do consulting. And like I said, that's going to be our next business where we combine in <laughs> it. And we're going to have, you know, this department for this and that. And so we're able to help people and business owners and, you know, anybody that we can. Because as of right now, we cannot represent the third party. We can only work um, for policyholders. But with consulting, business will be able to help contractors, builders, anybody. Got it. All right, Karen, tell us a tip of your trade and then how others can get in touch with you. Okay. Um, a tip in staging is that less is more. Almost every home I see has too much clutter and furniture. Owning less is better than organizing more. Not only does it free up the space, but it frees you up mentally. In staging, we want the rooms to feel bigger, and creating a neutral environment and highlighting the features of the home is the goal. Um, folks can get in touch with me at iistaging.com on social media. I uh, also have a website, iistaging.com, and my phone number is 404-538-8085. Awesome. I want to ask mm -hmm. one more question, uh, and that is, I want to know what areas y'all serve or work in. So, Karen, what areas do you work in? Yeah, I work in the metro Atlanta area. Okay, so any, any like, on the south side or just on the north? Yeah, I'm all over. Uh, okay. Most of my work is in Cherokee and Cobb, but I, I go all over Atlanta. Okay, awesome. Natalia? Well, we are licensed in the entire state of Georgia, so it depends on the scope of work and the job. You know, we will go all over the state, but <clears throat> as of right now, um, you know, probably within, I'd say, an hour, hour and a half radius from Atlanta. Got it. But we do, right now, we do most in Cherokee County. Okay. Okay. What about you, Miss Ellen? Humans in the world. Yeah, you can do uh, Zoom mm -hmm. or whatever, some yeah. kind of online yeah. thing. Okay, great. Awesome. Well, um, thank you, ladies, for being here today. Before we close, Stone, say hi. 
Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything brilliant for us today? Well, I don't know about brilliant for y'all, but I am going to reach out to Natalia and bring her my insurance policy. I right? can tell you that much. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, thank you, Lori, for having yes, us. Yes, I was so happy that you're here. Thank and thank you. you for joining us today on Women in Business, powered by Business Radio X. Until next time, this is Lori Kennedy reminding you to keep learning and growing. <laughs>